Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. What did the president do today? Yeah, that's what drives the news every day, and it doesn't matter who the president is, Donald Trump or uh, Hillary Clinton. They're in the news too much. Uh, Rob Montz of USA Today wrote a great piece about it uh, today, uh, and everybody in the media should be forced to read it. You can find it at usatoday.com, and especially everybody in the national media should uh, be forced to read it. And it doesn't matter if you love Trump or hate him. Uh, Mons hits it out of the park on the subject of what the presidency has become and why it shouldn't have. And pretty much says that Donald Trump, love him or hate him, is exactly what we deserve because we've created the monster that is the presidency right now, no matter who's in the office. And we'll have Rob Mons on to talk about that after the break. Now, for as long as I can remember, unless there was some major disaster or a war broke out or some just huge story, Every national newscast on every network has led with what the president said or did today. And that I guarantee it'll, that's what will happen today. And when you have a guy like Trump, even if you like him, it gets old and it's uh, approaching unbearable now because of the just the way that they cover him. And I don't think I have to explain to you the way they cover Donald Trump, and whether it's Fox News or MSNBC. Uh, and the media can be blamed for a lot of that. But we'll talk about it more with Rob Montz after the break. Meanwhile... What did the mayor do today? That would be Mayor Peduto of Pittsburgh. I think he's on his way back from Poland. Either that or he speaks tonight. He's coming back tomorrow. I forget. We talked about it yesterday uh, on the show. Um, and um, he's representing all the U.S. mayors over there. Uh, and they're working on what they can do to prevent global warming. And he's making a point to show his and the other mayor's support for the Paris Agreement. You know, the one that Donald Trump pulled the U.S. out of. And of course, if you don't believe that Mayor Peduto is doing heroic work over there to uh, save the planet from CO2 and Donald Trump and whatever else uh, is causing the global warming or the climate change or whatever term they're using this week, if, if you aren't just thrilled about the mayor being so concerned about the uh, health of the planet, then you're a denier and you're just not as smart as people like Mayor Peduto and Barack Obama. And, oh yeah, you're not as smart as Al Gore. It's kind of fitting that uh, all the mayors are in Poland uh, right now because it's the 10th anniversary of Al Gore's prediction about the North Pole. Yeah, Back on December uh, 13th, 2008, Al said that the North Pole would be completely ice-free in five years which would have been a major disappointment for Santa and the reindeer. But the North Pole is, as far as I know, it's still there. I think there's still ice up there. And he made the prediction again in 2009. Here's the quote from Al. Some of the models suggest that there is a 75% chance that the entire North Pole ice cap during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free in the next five to seven years. Do you think there are enough qualifiers in that quote? Some of the models suggest that there's a 75% chance. Uh, If that had happened, New York City, I guess, would be flooded or maybe underwater, and there'd be no shore left at the beaches in Florida. And by the way, Al won the Nobel Prize. I can't remember what year he won it in, but he did win it. But there is good news. Al never became president. Can you imagine having to look at Al Gore every day for eight years? Uh, Barack Obama was tough enough to take, but, you know, him I can, I disagree with just about everything he did, but at least as a person I could stand to look at him unlike Hillary Clinton or Al Gore. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Rob Montz, the guy who wrote this piece at uh, USA Today about what the presidency has become and why it's your fault or my fault or everybody's fault. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. This is Dan Proft with 60 Seconds of Sanity for Upstream-Ideas.com. The path to putting a Democrat in the White House runs through God. 
That's not me saying God favors Republicans. That's potty mouth DNC chairman Tom Perez saying God's faithful, disapprove of Tom's faithful because of biblical instruction on pesky issues like life and death. Quoting from Perez's comments on the clergy, that person on the pulpit is saying, ignore everything else that this person, Trump, has done and is doing. We have to focus on one issue of Roe v. Wade and people buy it because that's their only source. Perez is at once troubled by Americans who think checks and balances apply to the judicial branch and life is a gift from God not to be easily discarded. Perez is additionally unnerved by churchgoers who lean on spiritual leaders working from Western civilization's source material rather than finding their righteous footing from Sister Maddow's Jeremiah's. The short of it is Tom Perez would like you to stop attending church because it puts a real crimp in the ability of Democrats to make the state your God. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on a to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. Well, over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Okay, so as I told you before the break, I read a piece in uh, USA Today at usatoday.com that was one of the best things I've read in a long time. It's about Donald Trump, but it's about a lot more than that. It's about what's happened with the presidency of the United States. And uh, Rob Montz is the guy who wrote it for USA Today. He's also part of We the Internet TV, and he joins us now. Rob, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, the headline of your piece at USA Today uh, is Donald Trump's suffocating presence and unhinged executive power is the product of history. I guess my, my first question would be, is he more suffocating because he's him or because the media are drawn to him like moths? Well, uh, it's got to be a combination. Actually, in terms of his use of the formal powers of the White House, he's one of the, actually one of the least, active presidents we've seen in a couple decades. I do think that there's a gigantic 
lucrative political media leviathan that makes billions of dollars selling its audience on the tiniest little scraps of news and sometimes non-news about the president. Mm -hmm. Gigantic interest in making him the focal point, the center of all of our politics. And what the piece is trying to point out is that that is extraordinarily cancerous way to think about democracy. Right. And inevitably it does lead to abuses of executive authority for presidents of both political persuasions. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you give examples. We'll get to those. But, um, you know, I, re- I remember reading uh, the book John Adams uh, not too long ago. Um, and one of the things that struck me when I was reading was that he would leave the White House and head back to Massachusetts in like January and return in March. <laughs> you know, can you imagine that? I mean, the the, the uh, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC would go out of business if Donald Trump said, you know, I'm going to Florida. I'll see you guys. Uh, I don't know. I'll be back maybe March 15th. I'll see you. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Well, I mean, so much of what the piece. So this this, do, this piece is based on a, a documentary I did for We the Internet TV, which just came out yesterday, which people can check out at realityshowpresident.com. And okay. what the piece and also the mini doc that it's based on tries to make clear is that the Founding Fathers, in their infinite genius, foresaw precisely what the president today and specifically architected against it in the way that they constructed the Constitution. Like, this, this would not have been a surprise to them, but it would have been a nightmare to them, right? That they yeah. did it, they specifically did not want a single person dominating our politics. The bulk of the power is supposed to be in Congress, which is a significantly more deliberative and sort of democratically sensitive branch of government. That's where the hard decisions are supposed to be made, because at least there's some democratic accountability. When the president does it through executive orders that never make the front page of the New York Times, there is no accountability, (laughs) because people don't know what happened. Right. And and, that's that's, that's what trying to prevent. And uh, it's kind of hard for Fox News or CNN or MSNBC to send a camera out to chase 535 people around Washington every day. You know, right. I think in, in our in our brains, in our lizard brains, we do need individual heroes and individual villains. But maybe it was kind of psychologically inevitable that all of our political energies get directed at a single person. But, uh, you know, the hope is that maybe <laughs> maybe stop doing that. And, you know, another essential part of this equation is that whether or not you despise Donald Trump or you love Donald Trump, you're both part of the problem because both of you are fueling mm-hmm. this pathological fixation on the individual man as, as the center of gravity in our in our political conversation, which is not how democracy is supposed to work. It's not supposed to be about about finding the right alpha male or alpha female to lead us to some transcendent utopia. Democracy is about doing the daily dirty work of figuring the right answers to difficult policy questions. Right. And, you know, um, I've said from the beginning that the best, and I still feel the same way, the best thing about Donald Trump for me is that he's not Hillary Clinton. And the, what, There's a lot of people that feel that way. Yeah, There's and, a lot of people that feel that way. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah. the horror of having to be subjected to uh, looking at Hillary Clinton every day um, I, I just I, I I think I would have had to I, I don't know what I could do I, I couldn't I couldn't survive it I'd have to stop watching the news I couldn't do it uh, Trump at least is still enough of a curiosity and he's relatively new compared to Hillary who's been around for th- almost thirty years now that you know I can stand it a little bit better but um, you know you you wrote that it began with Lincoln and you know he's got a, a nice big statue in Washington it's about as and he's about as close to a deity. Uh, as you're going to get, and was that the beginning of what we're seeing now? Well, I mean, there's a lot of... I would say that the Lincoln case actually, that the system worked. So he suspends hate corpus at the apex of the Civil War, um, but he it gets restored uh, pretty promptly after the war is done, and immediately after that, Congress reasserts itself. So Andrew Johnson, his uh, successor, ends up he ends up not getting impeached by just one vote, mm-hmm. right? Because Congress about acting excess executive authority. So I think the system mostly holds through the course of the first 150 years of the American Republic. Basically, Woodrow Wilson start to kind of push at the edges. He has these grand 
visions of what he thinks the president should be. He also is one of the the key people to really start expanding the administrative state, which is a, a kind of a bit of this equation that I don't really get into, but he specifically expanded the administrative state in order to counteract the effects of spreading the vote to black people. He very specifically wanted to take difficult policy decisions out of the democratic arena mm-hmm. and that to the administrative state has happened. It continues like, you know, at pace for the last hundred years. Teddy Roosevelt, also, he's kind of this grand macho figure who, who kind of saw himself as uh, this champion and didn't have time for these kind of staid professional checks. But at least in the, the documentary that he was reading, that I think the person who really most profoundly forms the office is FDR, because the combination of World War II and the Great Depression leave the American public desperate for some sort of hero, and FDR has the charisma and the technological capability through the fireside chats to create that direct emotional connection with voters and sell them on the idea that he specifically can be their champion and their savior. And that mystical aura that surrounds him inevitably leads to vast expansions of executive authority, particularly through the use of executive orders, which FDR issued an ungodly number of them mm-hmm. when, you know, a hundred years previously, a uh, president would have gone an entire term and only issued maybe a dozen, right? Yep. And then as I point out in the documentary, FDR quickly indicates peril the risks of breaking the constitutional order when immediately in the wake of the Pearl Harbor attacks, he issues an executive order to intern a hundred thousand or so innocent Japanese civilians on the West Coast mm-hmm. states. That was a executive war, and it basically received pushback from the American. Yeah, and um, and every president though after FDR has had his moments, hasn't he? You mentioned Truman uh, in Korea, um, and and uh, well, yeah, Truman just sort of like casually. I mean, it, it is now astonishing to me how in conversations about war, most people assume that the commander in chief title for the president. And he gets to unilaterally decide whether or not American soldiers are sent into harm's way in foreign territories. That's very explicitly not how the system is supposed to work. Congress, the more democratic body, is supposed to make those decisions. And if they're right or if they're wrong, there will be political consequences, and it can be appropriately adjudicated through the congressional body. It's not supposed to be a president unilaterally deciding that we're going to put 10, 20, 30, 40,000 troops in harm's way, and then and then after that, asking for some official permission from Congress. It's not yeah. the way the system is supposed to work. And so Trump breaks that system when he decides four days after Kim Il-sung invades South Korea in 1950 that he's going to send 30, 40,000 American troops to the Korean Peninsula. And ever since then, the president has been, the president gets to make these decisions on his own, effectively. We're talking to Rob Montz, who uh, did an excellent uh, uh, editorial today at USA Today. He's also uh, involved as the director at the We, we the Internet TV. You can check out his documentary there. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a small government guy, and uh, and with libertarian leanings. And when I read your piece, it was an excellent piece because it, it I didn't I didn't disagree with anything in it. So I guess that means that's why I think it's excellent. But uh, <laughs> but. Um, I, I, when you, I, you also the, the criticisms of Reagan didn't. Uh, no, I, didn't I, 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 yeah, I got that. Um, I think they're all. I think they're all guilty of something. Uh, and, and what I think they're all guilty of is is the expansion of the entire federal government. So um, you know, you because you write that the founders never meant for the president to be such a big deal and a big influence, but doesn't he just reflect how much power and influence the federal government has, which the founders would hate even more, probably. Uh, of course, but I, and I'd also say that it's a thoroughly bipartisan phenomenon as far as the expansion of the federal government. I mean, there's plenty of oh, Republicans yeah. at the no top question. of the game. No question. But then you look at their actual track record from Reagan to W. Bush to H. W. Bush, and once they actually get in power, 
a lot of that grand libertarian rhetoric kind of falls to the side, <laughs> and suddenly they like the idea right. of a massive, powerful federal government now that they're the people that are in charge of it. Well, that's why um, uh, if you talk to a libertarian, uh, they will tell you that there's not a dime's difference between a Republican and a Democrat, and they're, I, I kind of agree with them on that. Um, you know, it's like uh, Ronald Reagan made some noises, at least, about eliminating the Department of Education. And by the time George W. Bush was around, we had uh, no child left behind. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and so they're, they're, they're very much involved when they're in power with doing the things that they say they hate. Yeah, and then also all these guys, I think because the public encourages them, they get it in their brain that they and their team, typically of Ivy League educated guys, can figure out and fix extraordinarily complex systems that are actually beyond individual human comprehension, whether it's the healthcare system, the education system, whether it's the economy. Right? I'm thoroughgoing libertarian on a lot of public issues, a lot of issues like education, uh, because I actually don't know what the right answer is, right? I want maximum experimentation, which right. means maximum individual freedom and allowing for individual entrepreneurship. But, like, can you imagine that on a bumper sticker in 2020, basically admitting my own ignorance and just right, right. And trying to give people as much freedom as they can to experiment on their own? It doesn't really sell. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm worried about there not being much of a political constituency for libertarian ideas. Well, what I thought, and, if I had a bumper sticker, it would say, leave me alone. That would, that's it. Just leave me alone. I, if, if the federal government, that would be directed at the federal government. Just stay out of my life. Leave me alone. I'll figure it out over here. Uh, I think so, but I think there's a lot of people, unfortunately, oh, that no. are not like you. No they question. want someone to tell them what to do. Right. And they don't mind. They like the idea of there being a singular superhero savior and solve their problems, and that can help them transcend the disorder of their own lives. And there's no they better... Don't want I'm sorry. There's no better example of that than, than what, pick your president. Uh, except I, I guess Barack Obama somehow avoided it, but he avoided almost all criticism. But um, if, you, if the president isn't seen um, bailing out basements with buckets of water after a hurricane helping the people do it or, you know, handing out blankets, then there's something wrong with him. You know, he should leave Washington, D.C. And, and land down there in Florida somewhere and be handing out uh, supplies to people who are in, you know, in need after the disaster. It's like some warped pagan religion where the president is now our sun god and he has the power to manipulate the elements. It's like he's individually responsible for... Katrina, or he's individually responsible for Puerto Rico. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's not. And there's a, I do think there's a sickly kind of crypto-religious fixation there that is routinely exploited by savvy political operators, that they know that's what people want and that's what they give them. And that's kind of what the, 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 the documentary and also the op-ed is trying to say, which is don't act like Trump is an anomaly. He's giving you what you said that you want for yep. a long, long time. He's just doing it in an unvarnished, an unvarnished way. And I think, and like, he has a genuine genius for kind of manipulating the news cycle and mm -hmm. being the top news item every single day. And we've learned through the last 50 years in particular, that's what the American people want. They want that guy to be the center of the national drama. And he's, and he's doing it for them. So, like, please spare me hysterics about his latest whatever the latest scandal is, this is what people want. This is what drives clicks. This is what drives sales. Yep. And uh, the media, very much complicit in all of it because they love it. Every bit of, they love it more than anybody. But I, I'm out of time, Rob. I, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, great piece, uh, USA Today, today at usatoday.com. You can find it. And also uh, your documentary at We the Internet TV, right? Where, what, where's, what's the website? They should specifically check out uh, realityshowpresident.com. That'll take them right to that. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, very good. Thanks, Rob. Okay, so that's uh, Rob Monson. Um, by the way, um, just so, as long as we're speaking about <laughs> what the president did today, uh, he canceled the White House Christmas party for the press, which I think is hilarious. Um, that's a, I, I don't understand why people who are trying to be impartial and be reporters and be in the Washington press would even go to a party thrown by the president uh, and how much it damages their credibility. But there will be no party this year. 
Donald Trump said, bah humbug. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Senate has voted to cut off U.S. military assistance for the Saudi-led war in Yemen. A rare rebuke of a U.S. ally triggered by anger over the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. We do need to send a clear message to Saudi Arabia that what the Crown Prince did to Mr. Khashoggi is unacceptable. Florida's Marco Rubio. This is the wrong way to do the right thing. Rubio worried that cutting off aid could shatter an important alliance. Vermont's Patrick Leahy. The Saudi military, by any objective measure, is guilty of war crimes. It's the first use of the 1973 War Powers Act intended to check the power of the president. The vote mostly symbolic since the House won't consider it this year. Correspondent Wally Hines reporting. In a separate action, the Senate by voice vote said that it believes Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was responsible for the death of Jamal Khashoggi. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 70 points, the Nasdaq dropped 28. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. This holiday season, treat yourself and your home to the easiest and most affordable makeover possible with brand-new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Now, through December 25th, Blinds.com is offering incredible holiday deals. Plus, you'll get an additional 10% off with promo code SHUTTERS. Go to Blinds.com right now for huge holiday savings and use promo code SHUTTERS to get an additional 10% off. Blinds.com promo code SHUTTERS. Rules and restrictions apply. You'll always get the straight story from Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Look at ISIS. Who, who talks about ISIS? ISIS was on the front page every day beheading people. Nobody talks about them. Why? Because we have leadership in the White House. We have Donald Trump who is reasserting American leadership in the world. Starting January 1st, it's America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. It's truly the most wonderful time of the year. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. And all month long, they're offering the Chevy employee discount to everyone. For example, current GM leases can save over $12,500 on select 2018 Silverado pickups when financed through GM Financial. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet, knowing they've been in business for over 100 years. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Seeing those volume delays on the Parkway West, very heavy inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, outbound slow Banksville Road to Carnegie, and pretty solid on the Parkway East, outbound Bates Street to Edgewood Swissvale, inbound slow Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. If you're heading up to the McKees Rocks Bridge, outbound 65, you'll see some delays there starting around 19, and outbound Liberty Bridge also looking at a minor delay there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. This afternoon and tonight, mainly cloudy. High this afternoon, 43. Low tonight down to 35. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. A bit of rain around in the afternoon. We'll get to a high of 47. Be cloudy on Saturday. Still some more rain or drizzle at times. High on Saturday, 48. I'm meteorologist Pete Summers on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. In my career in broadcasting, I had a lot of experience with unions. Uh, I was in one for about 30 years, AFTRA, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and it did me a lot of good, actually, and I would never not want to have the union, including a pretty nice pension that I got. But I saw a lot of stupidity, and I saw how unions can be counterproductive, but I didn't work for the government. Teachers do, and that creates a problem. Rebecca Friedrich saw uh, big problems with the teachers' union, and she ended up taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. She wrote a book called Standing Up to Goliath, uh, Battling State and National Teachers' Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Our Country. Rebecca joins us now. Thanks for being here, Rebecca. Hey, John. It's great to be here. So I'm guessing uh, you didn't expect your problem with the teachers' union to end up in front of the Supreme Court. Where did it no, start? No, I never was expecting that. Uh, you know, when I first started as a student teacher, I witnessed a teacher abusing little kids, and I found out from my master teacher that it was the teachers' unions that were protecting her. So I always knew I had an issue with the unions and, you know, tried to fight it from within, from without, but never dreamed in a million years I'd go up to the United States Supreme Court to fight for freedom from them. So where did it start, uh you know, I this it, it, you went from seeing a, a teacher abusing a what you thought was abusing kids, and you wanted to do something about it, and you had a tough time getting money to pay attention to you, right? <laughs> That's for sure. So I even served as a union leader. I was a secretary in our local executive board, and I went to state level meetings to try to make the voices of my teacher friends and I heard, and we were stifled and squashed if we dared to speak against the unions. I'll just tell you one story. We had multiple teachers in our district who were doing an outstanding job, but the downturn of the economy came. This was recently, like 2009, mm-hmm. 2010. I was still a union leader, and uh, we, we went to the, I went to the union leadership and said, hey, we want to go into negotiations and offer a 3% pay cut to save the jobs of a bunch of teachers who are going to be laid off. There's not enough money. You know, our community's losing jobs and taking pay cuts. We want to stand in solidarity with them. We want to save these jobs. Long story short, the union told me no, 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 at least a hundred times. It got so annoyed with me, they finally said, look, Rebecca, we'll take care of those teachers. The union's going to give them a seminar on how to get unemployment benefits. And that's what happened. Every one of those teachers lost their jobs and learned how to get unemployment benefits instead of getting to teach. And children in a low-income district had their class sizes raised, and all of us were demoralized. We wanted to save their jobs. So the unions aren't listening to the rank and file. They're just using us to push a political agenda. Okay, and what is that political agenda? Well, you know, it's interesting. I heard in one of your commercials that students go to public universities and many of them lose their faith. Mm-hmm. Well... I would blame that on the state and national teachers' unions. So the state and national teachers' unions are pushing a far-left political agenda off the backs of teachers who have no idea that this is going on. For example, when I went to those uh, state-level meetings and when my friends have gone and served at the national level, we are bullied when we dare to try to protect children from extreme sexual lessons that the unions are trying to push into our schools, including teaching children to have anal sex in the elementary school age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we push back and say, hey, whoa, whoa, this isn't safe, it's not healthy, this isn't right for kids, this is not what the parents want. We get bullied. I have friends who stood up at the National Education Association and said, 
this isn't right for kids. Here's some medically accurate information. Let's do what's right. They are. They have been spit upon. They have been uh, banned from serving on sex ed committees and told there's a special place in hell for teachers like you. Wow. And I know they called you the spawn of Satan, at least the California Teachers Association yep. did. Yes, they did. The you president of the California you. Teachers Association. Yep. Called me that multiple times at teacher, um, teacher-funded conferences. And uh, they've called me a radical right-winger, a pawn of the wealthy 1%. Uh, the teachers' unions are behind this whole divisive culture in which we live right now. They support uh, the Women's March. They inspired and organized the March for Our Lives using children as pawns in the gun debate. They, I mean, anything you hear that's divisive, um, according to the color of our skin, divisive according to our belief systems. It's all coming from the state and national teachers' unions. That's a political agenda. That has nothing to do with being a labor union. Yeah, that's what I don't get, um, Rebecca, and we're talking to Rebecca Friedrichs, author of the book uh, Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers' Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids in Our Country, what I don't get is, well, how did it get to this? Uh, you know, and I, I feel the same way about all unions. I think the idea of a union is actually a good idea, and it's been just absolutely dis, uh, destroyed, the whole idea of it, yeah. by stupidity and, and um, uh, extremism. So, yeah. but, so how do you go from being a, a, an organization that's supposed to make sure that teachers have decent pay and, you know, all the things that come with a good work uh, um, uh, experience – how did it go from that to promoting these kinds of causes? Yeah, well, in the case of teachers' unions, I think that it's been this way from day one. Teachers just didn't know it. I agree with you about unions did great things in the past, but mm-hmm. they've become what they used to fight, unfortunately, because our government gave them the right to take the money uh, by hook or by crook. I mean, we, none of us had a choice, and when there's no choice and you get that ultimate power, you get the money no matter what, you get corrupt. But as far as the National Education Association goes, I tell stories in my book of teachers who, one of them is now 90 years old, she's still alive, and she tells the story of when the unions first came to unionize her school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And um, they, they came in and they told all these teachers, it has to be 100%, you all have to join the union. Well, none of them wanted to join. And she went around and asked all of her friends, do you want to join? Do you? Everyone said, no, I don't want to join. But if you don't join, you'll lose your job. The unions have it out for you if you don't join. So this gal, her name's Ruth Finnegan, she, um, she said, I don't want to join. What do you do for me? And the union said, don't ask questions, just join. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, I'm not a joiner. I don't want to join. So you know what they did? After school one day while she was grading papers, they sent five men in black suits into her classroom while she was alone to harass her. Wow. She still amazingly didn't join and went around and asked her friend. No one wanted to join, but they all joined because they were terrorized. And the five men in black suits came to visit her a second time. So she finally caved, too, but she never wanted to join. So from, from what's happened to teachers, it's been bullying since day one. They've never really been here for us. They claim that they're here for us, and they've, you know, raised teacher pay. Um, unfortunately, what they've done with our pensions has caused a, a massive uh, problem, uh, uh, trillions of dollars in unfunded pension liabilities because of the way unions have pushed um, their version of, of pensions. Um, but the, all along, they have bullied us teachers and used our money to push their political agenda. They say it in their own words. I have quotes from them in my book that prove that they've been doing this since day one. Okay, so you go from writing um, uh, some op-eds to a national lawsuit within six months. How did that happen? Yeah, well, all I can say is God. Uh, I was doing my morning Bible studies every morning, and I just felt compelled to write editorials because I couldn't make my voice heard from within the union, from without the union. I couldn't make it heard at the school board level. Everyone was terrified of the unions, including our school board members and our leadership at the district level. So I felt that God was asking me to write editorials. And I didn't have a connection even to my local throwaway free paper. Had no idea how I would get these editorials written, but I I prayed about it and God laid on my heart, look, you just give me your two mites, just do your little bit, and I'll do the rest. It's my problem to get you into a newspaper. 
So I did. I wrote. My first editorial was rejected, and I thought, oh, great, you know, see, I'm lousy at this. And anyway, the way God works, he just took my feeble attempt to write these editorials and he connected me to some key people, and within six months, I was lead plaintiff in a national lawsuit against the very oppressors who had been stealing thousands of dollars from myself and my husband for years to use against our own values, attacking our Judeo-Christian values in our schools and culture. And my family and I were honored, just absolutely honored to get to be, um, for me, to be lead plaintiff in that, in that lawsuit. So it goes to the Supreme Court, and then Justice Scalia dies. And what did, what did that mean? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, our case was heard uh, on January 11, 2016, and everyone, even the New York Times, knew that we won oral arguments. It was obvious we had convinced five justices. And, and just let me interrupt there for a second. So what, what exactly are you arguing, that you shouldn't be forced to pay uh, union dues? Yeah, yeah, it was that simple. It was a First Amendment argument, mm -hmm. and we just said we our, our freedom of speech. We should not be compelled to pay union dues as a con condition of employment because all of us would be fired if we didn't pay those dues. Right. So we were just asking for one thing: that teachers and all public employees should be able to decide for ourselves without fear or coercion whether or not to fund unions. Period. That was it. The unions claimed we were trying to destroy unions and on all these other things, but that's not true at all. And, and actually, if they would step back and realize that if they would actually deliver what people want, which is just support with our jobs and, uh, you know, and uh, pay and, and just having a decent environment in which to work, people would want them. We wouldn't be rejecting them if they did their actual mission. But since they've become these political animals and, and in my opinion, are destroying our schools and our culture, we want out. So that's all we were asking for, was freedom not to pay. Um, as I said, oral arguments were heard in January 2016. Everyone knew we were going to win with a 5-4 decision, and one month later, Justice Scalia tragically died, and we lost his vote. And we ended up with a 4-4 tie, which took our case back down to the Ninth Circuit, where we had lost. We had asked to lose at the Ninth Circuit because we were trying to overturn a Supreme Court precedent, a 1977 case called Abood, so the lower courts could not rule in our favor. So they ruled against us, so we lost. And so, and so now you go to the Supreme Court and the Janus decision, that helped you? Yeah, it helped me a lot. So Mark Janus, the lead plaintiff in that case, was in the courtroom during our oral argument, sitting next to my husband. He's a good guy and a good friend. Uh, his case came before the court this year in February. It was almost identical to our case. Ours was a little more thorough, but his case would make it right to work in the entire public sector for the United States. Um, his case won on my birthday this wow. year. Great birthday gift. And so now every single public school teacher, uh, government employee, DMV, VA, cops, fire, whatever they are, all have the freedom to leave unions and pay them nothing. Problem is, teachers still get severely bullied when they leave, so we still have a lot of work to do educating people on how to leave and on how to stand together and stop the bullying. Um, and uh, to be honest, most teachers like their local union for the very reasons you mentioned at the beginning of the show. They like standing in solidarity against a corrupt system, and they like the positives. Um, and so I'm trying to help teachers understand they can stand together, they can vote to decertify the state and the national and break free of those mm -hmm. and reorganize with just a local association, pay a fraction of the money and keep everything local. And I think most teachers would really like that. Would kids be better off if there were no teachers unions? A hundred percent, yes. Um, in my opinion, and this is from... 28 years of teaching and dealing with these unions and fighting, truly believing that I could make my voice heard in the union and could not. It is my opinion that the problems in our school today are because of state and national teachers unions, and I prove that in my book through dozens of stories, through uh, teachers, teachers that are in the schools and parents and kids. It's the teachers unions who are spending hundreds of millions to defeat school choice. Why would they do that? Why would they defeat school choice? Because they want money for themselves. And so when you have an organization collecting billions of dollars tax-free every year and spending it to uh, for the demise of our schools, to do things that are harmful to children, 
of course, our schools would be better without them. And I hope that teachers will wake up to that and um, reject state and national unions and, and do what's right for kids. Um, I'm out of time. Rebecca Friedrichs, uh, the author of Battling, St- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids in Our Country. Congratulations on the book. You're doing good work out there. I hope you keep having success. Thanks for being here. Thanks, John. Okay. Thanks, Rebecca, and we'll be right back. Could market volatility derail your retirement? How are you protecting your assets and your standard of living from the next market downturn? Investing experts in the minds of Wall Street agree that the next downturn is imminent. They just don't know when or how much money will be lost. Would you like to learn about alternatives that can protect your principal, safeguard your standard of living, and continue building for financial stability even as others are losing in the next market downturn? Pittsburgh's planning resource at Hunt & Associates help to protect their client's principal and make sure that your retirement income will last as long as your retirement. And they offer you your choice of two free books, one that explains how to have a stress-free retirement and protect your principal, or the essential retirement planning resource, Income Allocation, explaining how to structure a plan for lasting retirement income. To request your free copy of Stress-Free Retirement or Income Allocation, call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868 to request your free copy of Stress-Free Retirement or Income Allocation. The original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Email phishing attacks cost businesses billions annually in real cash, data loss, and brand damage. Phishing emails are hard to detect because the messages appear to be legitimate to unsuspecting employees. Introducing Barracuda Fish Line, a groundbreaking cloud-based solution designed to help employees recognize sophisticated email phishing attacks through interactive training reinforced by continuous simulation. Transform your employees from a liability into a line of defense. Go to barracuda.com slash pl to learn more. The answer knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. The one you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at TheAnswerPGH.com. Now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. Enter the fan club Christmas giveaway at TheAnswerPGH.com slash contests. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at TheAnswerPGH.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at TheAnswerPGH.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Just wondering, is, uh, is toxic masculinity, is that, uh, is it uh, terminable? I mean, is, can you die from that? I don't know. You probably can, one way or another. Uh, I want, before I forget, I want to mention uh, tomorrow, I'm not sure yet which 
part of the show, either 5.15 or 5.30-ish. We will have Merrill Hodge on the show to talk uh, about CTE and concussions, and he's written a book in which he, uh, with the help of some doctors, says that the scare about concussions and CTE is based on bad science, and he he claims in his book that it's just a kind of a a plot to destroy football. So, and and keep in mind, I think you know he had a concussion, uh, maybe several of them, and he his career ended because of a concussion, if I'm not mistaken. So Merrill Hodge tomorrow, right here on AM twelve fifty, the answer. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you, you you knew this was coming. Before I go, I have to mention this. You knew this was coming. Uh, Santa Claus. Okay, somebody took a survey. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, and uh, the survey polled approximately 400 people from the United States and the United Kingdom, and then 4,000 people voted on the most popular version of the Santa they designed from the survey. He has tattoos, uh, trimmed beard, skinny jeans. That, that's not that's not the issue. But the survey found that over 27 percent of the people, when asked, would rebrand Santa Claus. Are you ready? As a who can guess? A woman. Or gender neutral. So Santa Claus as a woman. Or gender neutral. Because you can't have, like, Santa Claus be a man. You know, a jolly old whatever they call him. Nearly 11% of people said Santa should be female. Over 17% said he should be gender gender neutral. Now, uh, also, speaking of Santa Claus, there's another story out there. You know, somebody up in Canada, she uh, wrote a book. Uh, and, and something to do with the night before Christmas, but I don't have time to go into the, all the details here, but just uh, suffice to say that she is taking smoking out of the uh, night before Christmas poem, and uh, it shows an image of Santa Claus smoking a pipe from the book, and uh, she says that, um, well, in the, in, the, in the poem it says, the stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath, and this woman uh, has said that she's... Um, uh, she's taking it out. She wrote another vo- version of, of the uh, story, and it does not include the pipe. Uh, so I don't know what she says in there, but that's, you know, she took the pipe out of the, the, the night before Christmas. And I don't know uh, whether it's just that's what she did. And he had rosy cheeks. I don't know if that's a problem. He was, uh, were they fat shaming him by saying he was a jolly old elf? And he sh- doesn't they, don't they say he shook or something when he laughed? Hey, now, come on. It's body shaming. So there you go. Santa Claus. Uh, let's just make him transgender. And nobody make people, make the kiddies guess whether he's a man or a woman. Or, or not, to, you know, why, why should they, the kids be forced to identify him as either? These kids, just leave them alone. Just leave Christmas alone. Leave Santa alone. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.